Hello and welcome back to the Thinking Jew podcast where we dive deep into Torah and Judaism, always uncovering new layers and depths we didn't realize existed beforehand. I'm your host, Rabbi Moshe Siegel, and as always, if you have any questions, you want to reach out, my email address is thethinkingjewpodcast at gmail.com. So as a rabbi, a question I often get is, why are there so many commandments? Why couldn't God just give us a few and we'll try our best to keep them? Why do we need so many 613 commandments? Sometimes it just feels so restrictive. Everything I do seems so governed and defined by the Torah. It's a question I think that a lot of people have, and I get pretty frequently. And if you think about it in context of the Torah, last week's Torah portion, we were at Mount Sinai, we received the Torah, and then you come to this week's Torah portion, and it's just straight commandments the whole time. There's actually 53 commandments in this week's Torah portion. So I want to continue a little bit the theme we started last week and try to give a little context and explanation of what the role of mitzvahs really are in Judaism. Why are there so many of them, and why do they come up so constantly throughout our day? So the main takeaway that we spoke about here last week was that the Sinai experience wasn't actually about getting the Torah. Rather, it was really more about the union, or the marriage, so to speak, between God and the Jewish nation. The greatness of Sinai was that it created this eternal bond and connection between the Jewish nation and the creator of the world. So if that's true, building on that theme from last week, what exactly was the role of the Torah in all of this? It clearly was a super major part of the Sinai experience, and it plays the most significant role in the life of the Jew every single day beyond just the marriage. Obviously, the Ten Commandments were the crucial part of Mount Sinai. So what role exactly are those commandments and our mitzvahs playing in the bigger picture relationship between the Jewish nation and God? I want to share with you a fascinating piece from the Tosos, the Das Zekenim. This is actually going to be found in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 16. And again, as always, the sources for these are cited in the episode description. So if you want to see this inside, you can find it over there. In Deuteronomy over there, Moses is going ahead and he's chastising the Jewish nation for right after the Mount Sinai experience, going straight into the golden calf. How quickly they left the path of this relationship with God. And Tosos, the Dasekanim, gives a parable. He compares it to a king who betrothes a woman, he marries a woman, and he says to her, I'm going to send you the ksuba, the marriage contract, in a little while with the best man. And when the best man arrives, ksuba in hand, he sees this woman and she's involved in an affair. So what's his reaction? Immediately he gets up and he tears the ksuba into pieces. So too, explains the Dasikanim, Hashem betrothed the Jewish nation at Mount Sinai and Moses, the best man, comes down carrying the ksuba, the two tablets written on them, the Ten Commandments, and when he sees the Jewish nation in an affair with an alternate god, the golden calf, he smashes the ksuba into pieces. So we see a fascinating thing here. The Dasikanim is explicitly comparing the role of the Torah as compared to that of the ksuba. Now, no one in the right mind would go ahead and say, what's the definition of marriage? The definition of marriage is you're keeping the ksuba. You're upholding all of the guidelines and rules of the marriage. Of course not. The marriage is the relationship. The ksuba is just the contract. It's not the marriage itself. Yet when people think about Judaism and mitzvahs, what is mitzvahs all about? We, we define it as Judaism is about keeping the Torah, upholding the mitzvahs. That's really a, a skewed perspective. 
Judaism is about the relationship. It's about the relationship we established with God, and the Torah is the contract. So to go one layer deeper, let's just think for a minute together. More general, what is the role of rules in general? Let's start with marriage. Why are there rules for marriage? Why don't we just say, everybody be a good guy, be a good girl, be a good person, and if everyone's good people, your marriage will be great. And we can apply this really to any system of rules. Let's say in work, or in school, or driving on the streets. Why do we need rules? Why do we have traffic laws? They're so restricting. Why do we have dress codes, or appropriate workplace behavior, or appropriate classroom behavior? What's the purpose of all of these rules? So, let's just take one example to work with. Let's go with a school. What's the reason that a school has rules? So I think the basic reason any school has rules is because it allows it to fulfill its goals, to fulfill its mission. The goal of a school is to educate the students. In order to educate the students, in order to facilitate their learning, they need to have a safe, cooperative, uninterrupted environment so that the students can focus and learn. When someone breaks the rules and is very disruptive in the classroom, the problem with their behavior isn't that they inherently broke the rules. The problem is that now people, the other students, they can't study, they can't learn. And it's the same with any system of rules. The purpose of the rules aren't to restrict the people just for its own sake so people can be more restricted. It's to bring out a certain better behavior, a better situation of whatever group it's defining. Let's take another example. Let's say traffic rules. You can't speed. You can't run red lights. There are stop signs. What's so bad about running a red light? I, wanna, I need to get somewhere very quickly. It's not the fact that you ran a red and the rules of the city are you're not allowed to run reds. What's bad about it is that you're endangering yourself, you're endangering other passengers in your car and other cars that are driving on the road in the other direction that now have to avoid you. The purpose of traffic law is to maximize everyone's ability to drive in the most safe and effective way possible. Torah law is the same exact thing. What is the Torah? Torah means instruction. It's an instruction manual for life. If you want to know how to live life in the most safe and effective way possible, here's the rules for that. You can say, well, I want to live on the wild side. I want to decide for myself. I want to go 75 miles an hour in the 35 mile an hour zone. When you behave like that, you're missing the point. You're viewing the laws as, oh, it's restricting how I can live. I can't do what I want to do. While in actuality, what it's there for is to enhance yours and everyone else around you's general experience. So the greatest part of Mount Sinai was that we became united and deeply connected to God. But once we and God committed to that, God then gave us the ultimate gift. He gave us the contract that delineates the rules to make this union as amazing, as deep, and as successful as possible. God says, you want to connect to me? If you take advantage of these opportunities, these positive commandments, things you should do, and you avoid these pitfalls, the negative commandments, that will be the most efficient and safe way of going through life and developing a meaningful, deep relationship with me. So to summarize, every relationship we have comes with a set of rules. Your relationship as a citizen of your country, your relationship with your boss, your relationship with any family members, be it a parent, a child, a spouse, the purpose of all of these rules and why they exist is to help create the most functional and enjoyable experience within those parties involved, involved between the country and its citizens, between the boss and his employees, between the husband and the wife. And this is exactly the role of the Torah as well.
But in the end of the day, we have to always keep in mind the rules aren't the focus of the marriage. It's the relationship itself that is the essence, the core part of what marriage is. It's that tremendous connection between husband and wife and the rules are just there to enhance it and maximize it to make it into the greatest, deepest relationship possible. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Thinking Jew podcast. As always, if you have any questions, comments, future topic requests, you can always reach me at the Thinking Jew podcast at gmail.com. I hope you all have an amazing day.